everyone. Welcome back to Life Chats with Liv B. I am Liv and I am recording on the most beautiful, sunny, hottest day we've had so far. And I have a guest. Her name is Bridget. You Hello. guys might know her. <laughs> She's been here once. Have you only been on this once? Yeah, I think so. Oh my god. Okay, well we did the sister episode a while back and it was a hit. And so I invited Bridget back. It's good enough for me to come back. Yeah. <laughs> um, so coronavirus restrictions have lifted a bit. So we're basically everything's open and we're allowed to just kind of do whatever we want ish. I mean, that's how people are treating it. <laughs> Bridget went and picked up some mac and cheese at Real Fake Meats and we made whipped coffee and now we're hanging here and we're going to talk about mental health. I feel like this is kind of like a. Uh, a theme that's woven through my podcast I talk like talk about it a lot and I have a few episodes like the one I did with Greg about anxiety but I feel like people always love those and I get messages all the time of people being like thank you for talking about this I feel less alone and I'm like yeah that's how I feel whenever someone else talks about it so for sure so you were on the podcast quite a while ago I don't even remember when it was like fall yeah it was like November I'm pretty sure yeah so since then shit has hit the fan (laughs) worldwide and i feel like we're not the only ones who have been struggling with mental health during this time no but i mean okay first of all i notice it with i think because i do instagram for my job i notice what other instagrammers are saying about mental health a lot more than other people maybe because i don't know i just feel like i can relate to them on the pressure that you feel to post positive things on social media and then not wanting to talk about mental health so when a lot of them started mentioning quarantine has been really really hard for like just being creative with Instagram and like all of that I kind of felt that too and so it was nice to hear them talking about that literally anyone so many I guess influencers were talking about it not in depth though so I wanted to kind of just do do a chat I mean, it's one thing to say we all deal with it, but it's like, I'm sure lots of people deal with it differently, like cope with it. And so Bridge and I have both kind of had anxious tendencies slash anxiety for ever. Yeah, basically forever. Like I had separation anxiety as a kid really bad. And then I feel like I've just had social anxiety kind of all growing up. I've always been really shy and introverted. Social situations made me really anxious. And what about you? Kind of same, I guess. Not as much separation anxiety. I mean, like a little bit from our parents probably, but definitely a bit of social anxiety and (laughs) anxiety just whenever. No, it is generalized anxiety. Like I've kind of, and I know people say like don't self-diagnose, but based on my experiences and my symptoms of it like I definitely definitely think I have disordered anxiety and it's just like general anxiety disorder Mm -hmm. and I feel like a lot of people also have that because I mean everyone has anxiety at some point but it's when it's disordered and when it starts affecting your everyday that it's something more serious I feel like yeah and I feel like for people who did deal with it before this and then the pandemic happened and people were isolated and everything was really scary I feel like that triggered it in a lot of people definitely and I feel like I was one of those people who was 
struggled with it sometimes, but was managing it fairly well before mm-hmm. everything happened. And then this was kind of just the thing that put it over the edge for I mean, myself, but a lot of other people too, and just made it feel so much harder to manage and control and yeah and all that so I feel like you kind of experience it in with general anxiety I feel like I kind of have it too like I get just anxious about anything and everything but I don't get panic attacks mm-hmm. I've had like maybe one or two in my life yeah whereas you have experienced them way more frequently because <laughs> yeah and panic attacks I guess are just more of like a physical response to it yeah and I've learned too that there's panic attacks but then anxiety attacks are not quite the same thing as a panic attack and it's again it's just so different for everybody but I would say that I have anxiety attacks really frequently where my anxiety is so strong and then I get those kind of like physical manifestations of it but I've only ever had like an actual panic attack a couple of times where I'm like hyperventilating and feel like I can't control what's going on Um, I think anxiety attacks are definitely much more common and a lot of people probably experience those and I didn't realize that there's such a broad spectrum of of these things like there's panic disorder and then there's generalized anxiety disorder and social anxiety disorder and it's it's just it's so much more complex than just anxiety yeah it's like a blanket term okay so Bridget's way more knowledgeable about this because I feel like you've just well she as I've mentioned many times has like a a science background whereas I do not at all and so whenever there's any sort of medical thing whether it's like physical or mental health you just love looking into it yeah no matter what it is like even if I just mentioned one of my friends has this weird thing you like start looking it up and send me stuff about it so I get anxious not knowing things (laughs) (laughs) sounds like a joke but it's like kind of (laughs) true yeah okay well anyway so you've done more research into anxiety yeah and also spoken to people about it yeah and I think more like definitely now more than ever and throughout this pandemic I've been looking into it more and just sort of facing it head on whereas I feel like before I would recognize that I have it but I always just associated it as being a bad thing and I would like victimize myself to it and just feel sorry for myself whenever I had anxiety attack and I just never wanted to think about it or talk about it or try to work on it because it's hard yeah and when it was over you were just like glad to be past it and you moved on yeah, and I've I've realized that it's not going away anytime soon <laughs> and that things can randomly happen like a global pandemic that come out of nowhere and trigger it and you have to know how to deal with it. Otherwise, you're just you're going to crumble. Yeah. And it's, so, yeah, sometimes it takes like a, a big life event to to really push yourself. Mental health is one of those things that, you know, people encourage other people to talk about and to deal with. And I think that that's super important, of course, but I think everyone kind of has to come to it in their own way. Right. That's not always going to be at the same time as other people. So I think it's always good to have those conversations about it. But some people, it wasn't until a couple months ago when I really realized, okay, something has to change with the way I'm going about dealing with my anxiety because it's, it's gotten to a point that it's so unmanageable and I really need to look into how I'm going to be continuing to deal with this since it is probably going to be a lifelong thing you know I think I always thought in my head that one day I'll I'll just stop being anxious right like when things work out or like when right you get like a, when I'm older or, yeah. when I have other things occupying my my life and my time but I've realized that this is a hundred percent something I'm gonna have for probably the rest of my life and so uh, there's no point in just trying to ignore it or 
treat it like it's not there because it it is and there's so many other people who are dealing with it too so it's not definitely not something that you're going through I mean it's it's a personal thing but it's you're not going through it alone because there's so many other people going through it and Mm -hmm. I think I saw a statistic that said about one in five or one in four people now actually have mental health issues Mm. in the states and in Canada so it's definitely not an uncommon thing and a lot of that is probably kind of like a general anxiety type of thing yeah I feel like I came to that realization earlier on when I was I feel like the peak of my anxiety was kind of at the same time as the peak of my stomach issues so and I was getting really anxious about that and I was also at like a really bad place in my life so I kind of dealt with a lot of this back then like I went to see a therapist and I did a bunch of tests for my actual health and stuff but for you it's kind of like slowly built up until it took something like this to yeah. really set it off. Whereas for me, I felt like I kind of dealt with it or like I've developed coping tools and stuff so that when the pandemic happened and like things did get kind of bad mentally for me, I was able to fall back on those things. And I talked about that in my last um, episode a bit, but I kind of wanted to talk about, I guess, more in depth what some of those things are and what those things are for you. Mm-hmm. I can start if you want. Yeah, no, like, are we talking, like, specific coping skills or just, like... Well, yeah, I feel like, okay, so there's so many different things. Let's say you get to the point where you're like, okay, I really need to attack this head on. Like, I'm tired Mm -hmm. of, you know, dealing with this or feeling like it's just happening to me. One thing that helped for me was going to talk to a therapist. Mm -hmm. And the one thing she told me, because I was telling her, like, I think I have social anxiety. I get so shy, like, or not shy, but, like, I get so anxious being, like, a really quiet person, blah, blah, blah. And I was in the PR program where everyone was super outgoing, so I just felt, like, really out of place. And one thing she told me that completely changed everything for me was being shy is okay. It's not a bad thing. Being quiet and a little bit more anxious in social situations isn't a bad thing. And I feel like that's what you said. Mm -hmm. Someone told you, anxiety like you don't have to look at it as a bad thing it just yeah. is yeah it's and it like a hundred percent I always just associated anxiety with bad I never tried to look at it as any other in any other way and so whenever I would feel anxious I would automatically think something bad was happening but the I think it was a YouTube video I watched or something um, a woman talking about it and she said that anxiety is actually a really good thing evolution like if we look back evolutionarily <laughs> evolution <laughs> what is that word? <laughs> but if we look back um anxiety is there because it's something that helps keep us safe so it's super important it's just sometimes for people who have disordered anxiety or they you know are just more anxious than others they're dealing with that at a time when they're not actually in danger but they still have those you're like in line at the grocery store and they're like run right and your body's like are you aren't you worried and you're like what <laughs> why would i be worried and it's like i don't know and you're like okay <laughs> that's what it feels Literally. like but yeah so you just i think the the kind of coping skills that i've really resonated with <laughs> are the ones where you are are like grounding techniques so basically just getting yourself out of your head where all your anxiety is and putting yourself back in your body and realizing okay wait I'm completely fine there is nothing bad happening and I think that's definitely easier said than done yeah um, because I know for me in the moment when I'm super anxious I just get tunnel vision and all I can think about is how anxious I am and I can't even think about anything else because I'm just worried that something bad is happening and I definitely have health anxiety too. I know a ton of people do, but mm-hmm. 
I totally have health anxiety. So anytime I start to feel those symptoms of anxiety, I think that something is physically wrong with me. And then it's just like a positive feedback loop. Like it just feeds into itself. So Greg gets that too. Yeah. And so I think a huge part of kind of starting to deal with anxiety is being able to recognize what your symptoms are if they are consistent because some people it's totally random and it's really hard to pinpoint what those symptoms mm-hmm. are but I feel like I was able to do that pretty early on with my anxiety because yeah, I had pretty, pretty consistent yeah like it would always start with an upset stomach and then after that Im- almost immediately I would feel chest tightness mm-hmm. and so as soon as I felt that I was like okay probably about to have an anxiety attack so that made it easier at least to recognize those symptoms and know that I need to start using my coping tools or whatever it is but I know that can definitely be difficult for people if they get kind of random symptoms at random times yeah I feel like mine are they're not always the exact same but one that is usually consistent is chest tightness and I ever since I started paying more attention to it in quarantine because I used to I think I just thought it was like my bra being too tight or something before and I'd be like why is sometimes like my bra feels so tight Mm -hmm. but I haven't been wearing a bra quarantine and it's still been (laughs) happening shocking (laughs) so it's that pressure right in your chest and it's when that starts happening and you feel like you can't take a deep breath that alone can kind of cause more anxiety yeah when that happens to me oh well my first go-to is to take some cbd which is like the non-psychoactive part of weed essentially and you can buy it in oil form where I get it at the liquor store here but all over Canada there's like in different provinces you can get it at different places but I get the stuff that has basically no THC in it so it doesn't make you feel mentally high or whatever like it doesn't do anything to your brain well I'm sure it does stuff to your brain but it doesn't make you feel high it just relaxes your body so that's kind of the first thing that I go to and I find that that really helps make it feel like I can take a deep breath But if I don't have that, I really try and focus on opening my chest. So I'll like sit with my back against the couch or something and like stretch my arms wide open and kind of stretch that way and take a deep breath. And that just kind of makes it feel like you're taking a deeper breath, which Mm -hmm. can kind of like calm the anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I've always said that I've been a bad breather, (laughs) which (laughs) sounds so stupid because breathing is the most natural thing in the entire world. But it is actually hard to breathe deeply and do it properly, especially if you're not actively practicing it. And I've always just been more of a shallow breather. And so when I get anxious and I feel that same chest tightness, like it feels like somebody shrunk my lungs down to half their size or there's something like sitting on my chest where I feel like I physically cannot take a breath and it starts to make my breathing even more shallow. It's just the breathing in my throat. And so the same kind of thing, like I sit up straighter roll my shoulders back and focus on sort of pushing my ribs outwards. I always used to, I realized I was breathing deeply wrong my entire life. Were you putting your stomach in as you breathed in? Yeah, I was, I was focusing on moving like my shoulders up and down because I thought that's like, but that's pulling your lungs up. It's not expanding them out. Right. And so once I realized, and I just sort of imagined myself and my rib cage expanding it was like all of a sudden something clicked and I was like oh I can breathe deeply so if anyone's in the same boat there definitely look up some exercises on YouTube or something because there's so many and there's some that I have found super super helpful if you want to send them to me I can link them in the show notes for people oh, yeah let's do that okay I feel like <laughs> I haven't had breathing difficulties because I got into yoga when I was Mm -hmm. like in high school and they always say feel your rib cage expanding so it always just came so naturally to me because that's like what I pictured every time I breathed Mm -hmm. 
thing about taking a deep breath and like put your shoulders up it actually like constricts your breathing so no wonder you were like yeah. it's not working yeah exactly and as soon as you can't take a deep breath it just spikes it. yeah Yeah. if that is a symptom you have some people don't have chest tightness some people can be things like pins and needles feeling in their hands or like feeling really hot or really cold and so there's going to be different coping skills to deal with those kind of symptoms but breathing definitely can help calm your nervous system which can calm all of those things as well like even when if i'm having like digestive problems and my stomach hurts just taking big deep breaths helps even with that Mm -hmm. which is so interesting yeah because all your physical symptoms are a result of the neurotransmitters that Mm -hmm. are being released in response to you thinking well your body thinking that you know you're in a dangerous situation or whatever whatever's spiking your anxiety so yeah taking deep breaths just trying to get your body back to that calm state is gonna help so much and that's something you can do literally anywhere yeah if you start to get anxious while you're driving you can do deep breaths like yeah. it's so accessible so that's always kind of the first one that i feel like people should focus on because you can do it anywhere and it helps pretty immediately mm-hmm. but also practicing it when you're so this is what someone told me practicing it when you're not anxious so like super important going to yoga regularly or practicing it at home um, with youtube videos or whatever because then it's almost like second nature to you and you don't have to think about okay how do i take exactly. a deep breath you just say okay i'm going to do it and then yeah and i realized it. it's like that for a lot of different ga- uh, grounding techniques is you want to make sure 100% that you've at least practiced it a couple times before you feel like you need to use it so you're not trying to in the moment you know you're already stressed and you're trying to like oh I don't remember what to do and then (laughs) you get even more anxious because that's something I probably would have done I probably wouldn't have tried to do it when I felt fine because like I said I always tried to avoid the idea of anxiety or whatever like I never wanted to think about it when I wasn't anxious but it's something that's going to help you in the future and it's it's so easy just take five minutes or whatever it is at night before you go to bed or when you get up in the morning okay let's talk about grounding techniques so breathing is one yeah obviously i'll pull out my handy dandy notebook she has this notebook that she's made it's so pretty you got like what like rainbow markers just love me some good (laughs) markers and i wish you guys could see it right now it's just color coordinated and i'll talk about this in a second um just because it's been something that's it's called my mental health workbook that's what i call it it's something that i'm sort of like actively and continuing to work on basically it's sort of just like a like a bullet journal but it's all related to mental health and well-being and it's kind of just like a resource that i have for myself because i have ebooks and I have different websites and apps and so many places that have good resources for anxiety or depression or whatever it is but they're all kind of scattered so I felt like it would be easier to just have this one book that I could go to and look back on when I felt like I needed to do something in the moment and do you feel like making it is also like a calming thing yeah Yeah. it's because it's really my form of journaling like you've always told me in the past like oh you should try journaling like it's so good for you and I was like you were picturing like dear Dear diary (laughs) I don't know what to write about and I would force myself to do it sometimes and I hated it and so for so many years I just never did it and this way it's there's no right or wrong way to journal but this is a hundred percent what has been working for me and it's something that I actually genuinely look forward to every day which I can't remember the last time there was something (laughs) I said I really look forward to like writing in a notebook every day yeah but it's true but yeah there is one grounding technique that I really really like well there's a couple but this one I really like and my therapist actually gave this one to me nice so it's called drop anchor or dropping anchor 
and she made sort of an, an analogy to go with it, uh, which just makes it a bit easier to remember in the moment. But basically, if you think about when a boat is out during a storm or really bad weather or whatever. I'm actually like Outer Banks. Outer <laughs> Banks. Chubby. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, you can picture that. Like that was, that was, that was madness. <laughs> Basically, you can't control the wind or the waves or anything that's happening in your outside environment. All you can do is drop the boat anchor and steady yourself. So that's kind of the analogy with it. And that's what you're doing with your body. You can't control what's going on in your surroundings, whatever's making you anxious most of the time anyway. Yeah. All you can do is focus on what you are able to do to ground yourself. So it's basically just divided into three steps. So the first one is you're acknowledging your thoughts and feelings. So whatever you may be feeling at the time, maybe it's anxiety, maybe it's just worrying about something, or maybe you feel angry or sad or whatever. Just acknowledge those thoughts, you know, that are there and just give them a name. So anger anxiety worry the next one is to just get into your body so now that you've kind of acknowledged those thoughts and what's going on in your head this is when you get back into your body so usually it's better if you can kind of sit up straight somewhere put your feet on the ground um sort of push them into the floor and like wiggle your toes roll your shoulders back just move your body and mm -hmm. realize okay i'm still here right. like i'm okay intact yeah uh, it's just a way for you to basically get control over yourself and over the situation. And then the last part is to just refocus your attention. So notice your surroundings, whatever you're doing, and just refocus your attention on whatever is going to be most useful for you at the time. So maybe you're like, okay, I'm at work. I'm going to do this now. Or I'm just at home. I don't need to be anxious. I'm going to do this or whatever. But basically just acknowledge what's going on in your head, come back to your body, and then continue on hmm. so that's one that i really like um there's another one called five senses you've probably heard of this mm -hmm. one before it's pretty common i feel like and that's basically just again kind of getting back into your surroundings and out of your head so you look for five things you can see in your room or wherever wherever you are four things you can feel three things you can hear two things you can smell and one thing you can taste if you can taste mm -hmm. it but that's a good one because it really just pulls all of your attention out of the thoughts going on in your head and puts it somewhere else. And it just, it's a distraction really, but it's, yeah. I always find it pretty effective. Yeah. They do that. Like it's not with all the senses, but it's like, okay, just go around the room and list what you're looking at, mm -hmm. what the colors you see or pictures, door, yeah. Or whatever. So yeah, that's interesting though, because then you focusing on what you can hear as well. Yeah. I feel like that's a big one of just bringing you back into the space. Yeah, I did that uh, with my therapist the other night. We did a video session and she was like, well, just give it a try. And when it came to the things I can hear, I could hear I was at my parents' house. I could hear the dog walking across the floor upstairs and I started smiling. And she was like, I knew there was a pet when you started smiling. <laughs> but True. Like, yeah, anything like that. It doesn't have to be that there's music playing or whatever, but just notice there's a crow outside or right. anything. Really. Yeah, because that gets your brain just thinking about that versus exactly spiraling into a pit of tornado <laughs> of anxiety <laughs> pretty much yeah that's really good for me i think the deep breathing is the biggest one but also meditation so i like to have someone guiding me into thinking mm -hmm. of those kind of things like sometimes i don't want to just list things myself in my head so if i have like a guided meditation those ones that are like focus on 
the feeling of your fingertips and then your palms and whatever those things really really help me because you can kind of just lay there and focus on that person's voice but I mean it's all the same thing it's Mm -hmm. just getting into the present moment because I'm pretty sure there's a quote or something that's like anxiety lives in the future it's all future yeah I mean unless you're like literally about to write a test and you're anxious about that right but again you're anxious because you're like what if I don't do well or what if this or this or that yeah exactly it's literally all future and it's never in the present and that's I mean I've had a hard time sometimes with meditating properly because it feels like it's something that's super easy and you should be Mm -hmm. good at but my thoughts are just so quick to wander anytime I'm not thinking of something Mm -hmm. and it's so hard to think of nothing but um yeah having another voice there to kind of talk you through it and yeah work as a guide can definitely be help helpful it's so crazy when you think about how you really can't be anxious in the present moment unless something is actually happening happening to you like you're yeah like in the past actually running from like a predator right so most of the time for people in this modern day and age like you said unless you're actually writing a test but even then you're worried about the outcome of the test you're not actually anxious about writing the test because you can focus on the questions you can focus on whatever so realizing that and realize or figuring out ways to get back into the present moment is so key during this pandemic and I mean there was a lot of stuff that was going on too like specifically where we live that was triggering so much more anxiety than than just the global pandemic everything just kind of spiraled and for me I eventually hit a point where like I said it just felt so unmanageable and I felt like all my kind of past coping tools weren't doing it for me anymore and I think myself like a lot of other people also felt really depressed throughout this quarantine I mean I ended up like losing my job and I know a lot of other people are going through similar things or they're having money issues mm-hmm. or whatever it is and so you know those two things combined they often go hand in hand but when they're combined and you've never sort of experienced that level of intensity before it can be extremely overwhelming but I think the important thing is just to remember that there's always a way to talk about it with somebody and there's like that never has to be the way you have to feel all the time right like there are options and there are things you can do Um, Because I think it's so easy to just say, I'm never going to be able to get over this or have those thoughts of like, what's the point? Like, this is how things are going to be. So I think it's just so important to remind yourself and even have others remind you that there's always something you can do and somebody you can talk to. And a big thing, I mean, I know we've mentioned therapists, but another thing you can do is talk to your doctor because believe it or not, doctors actually deal with this probably more than you would think. And even if you don't want to be prescribed something, even just talking to them, like they probably have resources and stuff that they can share that you haven't For talked sure. about. And But also if you want to discuss medication with them, like they'll be able to answer any questions you have or give you at least names of stuff you can look up. So yeah, I, I think, think if anyone's has thought about medication or is nervous about looking into it for whatever reason, as I was for many years I would definitely say talking to your doctor is a good first step Um, and I mean I was nervous to do even just having that phone call because yeah yeah, I felt like I was almost being silly for wanting medication in a pandemic because everybody's anxious but I mean she took it very seriously and you know asked me lots of questions and it was super helpful just to have that 10 minute conversation so I think that's always a good idea too there's still a stigma with mental health 
with medication for mental health problems. Huge but stigma. was it her that said like if your kidney was having a problem, you would take medication to fix it? So if your brain's having a problem, right. there's medications that can help yeah. fix it. Your brain is an organ just as any other organ in your body. It's probably undeniably <laughs> one of the most important organs in your body. And it can become ill like other organs in your body. And if you had any other problem going on, you would try to treat it. You would do something to fix it. And Perfect. a lot of the time that includes medication. So yeah. it may not be the thing for everybody. And it's one of those things where you might have to try a couple different kinds or, you know, it's one of those things that can take time. But, you know, for people who really are struggling or feel like there's no hope, I think that's completely worthwhile looking into. And something that I didn't really realize, I thought when you went on medication for depression, you were just on it forever. But I didn't realize that a lot of doctors actually look at it as something that you use kind of for an interim period, however long you need it. I mean, some people might need it forever, but while you, you know, get your life back on track or like until you find a new job, if it's like you're, Mm -hmm. you know, not having a job or whatever and develop coping skills and go to therapy and figure out all the things that you can kind of do more long term if you don't want to be on medication for a long time and I always thought it was just like the doctor prescribes you something and you take it forever Mm -hmm. so until we started just talking about it more and looking into it more that was really eye-opening yeah because I realized that it's not just like they're slapping a band-aid on it they really want it to be a tool to help you be able to use the other things I guess get your energy up and get things more balanced so that you can get your life back on track I guess yeah for sure it's I mean I've never looked at medication as like the only solution to a problem and I think it's like that for a lot of things mm-hmm. medication is a part of it but the other things like maybe going to therapy or just finding your own coping mechanisms or whatever it is just building your confidence up so that you can come off the medication at some point if you want to I was um reading stories of people who said that they were on it and then they came off it but they decided to just stay on it because it you know wasn't harmful and they were they were a whole new person with it right and if that is a possibility for you like why not do it yeah absolutely like there are people who so many people have said that medication literally saved their lives and that they have families now and they you know like they find a purpose and yeah I it makes me sad that there is such a stigma around it still and I mean I think it's getting better for For sure sure, but it is it is sad I kind of want to end on a happy note yeah we're gonna end on a happy note what do we want to end on we should do a game or a quiz or something that's something Katie always do we always just find like dumb buzzfeed quiz oh I love that okay (laughs) let me find one okay here we go are you the good sister or the bad sister all right so we're gonna find out if bridget is the good sister or the bad sister we just really pivoted there but i feel like that was a nice little chat about mental health yeah i mean i could talk about that topic forever but yeah if people want a part two let us know are you ready oh yeah i'm ready okay how do you get to school i drive myself i take the bus i walk or my parents drop me off i mean i don't go to school anymore but okay when i was in school like our parents well no you take the bus. <laughs> okay take the bus next how do you carry your books backpack shoulder purse longchamp bag or a wheelie suitcase i've done bag? it all <laughs> no i'm kidding never the wheelie ew um uh backpack when you get to school two of your friends are arguing and they ask you to weigh in what do you do tell them to leave me out of it if one of them is clearly right i'm gonna say so say i can't make up my mind but secretly tell each of them that i'm on their side that was me <laughs> Help them work through the argument to find a solution. Probably leave me out of it. 
Time for class. What's your favorite subject? Math, gym, science, history, English, or foreign language? Definitely gym. Your favorite subject? I'm kidding. Oh, I was like, what? (laughs) No, that was my least favorite for sure. Science. Okay, what are you having for lunch? Just pick one of these. Click on it. Okay, looks like a lunchbox with nuggets. It's the first option. Oh, a, like a lunchable, homemade lunchable. Um, second one looks like a vegan fruit tray thing. Pizza or another lunchbox. <laughs> Healthier than all the other lunchboxes. Look like a lunch. Let's box. go with pizza. How is this going to tell you if you're the good sister or the bad sister? This is all about school. <laughs> what are you most likely to get detention for? Talking back to a teacher, being late too many times, getting in a fight, or not turning in an assignment on time. It w- I feel like it would be like talking to somebody in class, but that's not an option. No. So. I guess being late. School's out. What extracurricular activity are you going to? Sports, theater, choir, debate, band, or cheer? Literally none of the above. <laughs> band, probably. Probably. What are you doing as soon as you get home? Netflix, doing homework, having a snack, taking a nap, scrolling through. Okay, we can't do the last two because we didn't have Instagram or TikTok. Snack, Snack, obviously. Okay, you got good sister. Congratulations, you're the good sister. You can use this result to get your way for the rest of your life. Although being the good sister that you are, you probably won't do that. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. (laughs) I don't understand. What would make you bad? I don't, yeah, I don't know what conclusions they drew to... Katie and I do BuzzFeed quizzes for a lot of our games in No Trash Talk, and they're always so stupid, and we hate them, but, like, we have to do it. I feel like every once in a while, you just need to do a BuzzFeed <laughs> do quiz it. for yourself. And you're always disappointed with the answer. Like, it's never satisfying at all. That's a lie. I did a BuzzFeed quiz for my roommate the other day, who's obsessed with Shrek, and he got Princess <laughs> Fiona for whatever the <laughs> quiz was, and I've never seen anyone look so happy, so <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Oh my god maybe there's a buzzfeed quiz out there for everybody <laughs> true i haven't found mine yet though okay well this is fun we're gonna go do our nails now yes. so hashtag self-care hashtag self-care this is going up while i'm in cape breton so when you guys are listening to this i am chilling in cape breton which is still just a part of nova scotia so i haven't haven't gone too far but let me know if you want bridget to come back we can do a more upbeat episode next time but I still was just feeling mental health chats, so I'm glad that someone knowledgeable and with a pretty journal could come in oh. and talk about it. <laughs> she has friends and like going to med school and stuff, so she has a lot of sciencey friends, so she just knows more about everything than me. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. But yeah, no, it is a super important thing to talk about, and if there's anything that can help sort of destigmatize this whole topic of conversation, then I'm here for it. Okay, well... We're going to go. Thanks for tuning in and I will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.